Are you having fun yet? This, is, uh, this has just been an awesome weekend in our ministry here at Divine Savior. Just fantastic. Uh, amazing stuff that's going on. We had a, a groundbreaking ceremony. I hope that many of you were able to, to be there. And as we just recognize the awesome privilege and blessing that, that God is giving us to be a part of this construction project that that we actually get to play a role in it in what God is blessing we're going to get to witness it as it's it's taking place in front of us now over the next several months Uh, it's just incredible and then yesterday we had our Easter egg hunt here in our worship facility if you came in this morning and you were wondering now why are so many chairs out why are they in a different uh, format why are the plastic ones over there and It's all different today. Well, we wanted to keep it up because we wanted to let everyone who couldn't be here yesterday to know that this entire space was packed with people. There were probably close to 350 people on our campus yesterday for the Easter egg hunt that we put on. As we scattered all those eggs, as we had the opportunity then to connect with them, planted gospel seeds in their heart as we shared the truth of Easter It's not just about eggs, not just about candy, but about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Planted those gospel seeds. Maybe even caught a basketball game somewhere there in the weekend, since those were taking place here in Houston, and watched them on TV. And then this morning, right, the Palm Processional here in worship today. What an awesome day. I always love this worship service. I hope that you have fun. I hope you enjoy it. It's always a blessing for me just to hear the kids playing the instruments, walking in with the palms. I just think it's fun. I think you can truly enjoy it. We can shout out our praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we want fun, right? In our lives. We want fun, but not fake. We want fun, but not just a facade that we put on for a little bit. But sometimes, maybe that's what it is. And sometimes maybe it is fake. Maybe it is just a facade. Maybe it is just, you know, 30 minutes here while you're here right now. You're hearing this message. You're singing these hymns and these songs. You're praising your your Lord and your Savior. You're surrounded by people who love you, friends or if they're not your friends, at least they're people who believe the same things as you, they they, they trust in the same things as you. Maybe you're listening to this on your bike, on your treadmill, if it's a podcast, you're at home, and you you get that like 30 minutes, but then you're going to get off the bike. You're going to get off the treadmill. You're going to walk out those doors And tomorrow comes, and and this next week. And then you're going to be hit with all the things that steal away your fun, that steal away your joy. You're going to be hit with all those struggles, all those challenges, all all the heartbreak, all, all the issues that you're going through, things that make you afraid, the worries, the anxieties that you face. It's all going to be right back there. You know, because 
after the ceremony is done, after we put the shovels away, after all the, the conversations have died down, after we've scattered all those eggs and, and then all the things that we set up and all, all the time that we spent, that we take it, you know, we pick it all back up and we, and we store it away. And I, after you're here and you sing your hymns and, and you listen to this preacher for a bit and confess your faith and, and maybe some time of fellowship afterwards, but then, then you're going to go back. You're going to go back to whatever issues you have, whatever struggles are there, the, the challenges in parenting that you can't, just can't quite figure out, the family issues that you're dealing with, the stress because of your, your finances and you don't know what the future holds. You're going to go back to this world where you're going to see people who are ravaged, by war and violence. You go back to a world where schools sometimes look more like war zones than they should. And you're going to be hit with heartbreak. And so maybe because of all that, maybe you're going to decide that it, it really doesn't matter doesn't matter how much money you have, how, much, how many trips you take, how many basketball games you see, the buildings that we construct, how many plastic eggs that we can put out in the field, how many people that we can welcome onto our campus with so much joy. Maybe it doesn't matter because there's too many things in this world that steal that joy. There's too many things in this world that steal your peace. Because isn't, isn't peace the true thing that we need in order to have joy? Isn't peace the thing that we need in order to, to have fun, to enjoy this life? We need to do it in a place where we feel safe, secure. Without peace, it's really impossible to have joy. And so maybe that question enters your mind when you hear how Luke describes to us this day known as Palm Sunday. As you hear about all of the joy, all of the happiness, all of the fun that people were having on that day, as they shouted out their praise to Jesus, they shouted out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, their hosannas, their hallelujahs, their amens, just like we did. Maybe that question is there. Is it all fake? Is it just a facade? You know, Luke describes for us how Jesus uh, was near to Jerusalem. He's near to these villages of Bethphage and Bethany. And he's on the hill called the Mount of Olives. This Mount of Olives is really like an elevated ridge that's on the eastern side of the ancient city of Jerusalem. And there's one central peak that is directly across from the Temple Mount. And so as Jesus traveled along, maybe roughly a, a mile-long stretch along this ridge, he could see the city of Jerusalem. He could see the temple, the place where worship took place in Jerusalem. He could see it the whole way down. 
And Jesus knew that he was entering into the most important week of his human life on this earth. And so he acted deliberately and with purpose when he told his disciples to go and find a donkey. Yeah, so many times on Palm Sunday, we talk about how Jesus was humble. And he certainly came in humility. He didn't ask the people to take off their cloaks and put those in front of him. He didn't ask them to shout out their praise. He didn't demand it from them. But he was deliberate. He did tell his disciples to go and find a donkey. And there's a very important reason why Jesus would ride on a donkey. First of all, Jesus rode on a donkey. These two reasons are actually very scandalous reasons. First of all, Jesus rode on a donkey to fulfill prophecy. Now, hundreds of years before Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, one of God's prophets, a man named Zechariah, he had declared this that we heard earlier today. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, Jesus knew the statement he was making. He deliberately chose that donkey to clearly fulfill this prophecy. And if you keep reading in Zechariah, God's prophet declares how this king who is coming would bring peace. He said that this king who is coming would break the war chariots, the tanks. And destroy the, the war horses, the fighter jets. And the battle bow would be broken. The bombs would be dismantled. Clearly, this king came to bring peace. And so when Jesus chose to ride into Jerusalem on this donkey, he deliberately did so to proclaim peace. He came to Jerusalem not to declare war, not to conquer it, but to proclaim peace. And the people, they were right to be joyful. They were right to have fun. They were right to shout out their praise and to celebrate him and say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Those people, they had fun. But the Pharisees, did not. They refused to enjoy that day because this was a scandal that they could not stand. And so they said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Now they used a term of respect for Jesus. They called him a teacher, rabbi. But it wasn't the term that people used, was it? king? No, they couldn't use that term. They couldn't stand to think of Jesus as a king because he knew, they knew that he wasn't just claiming to be a king, but he was claiming to be the king, the Messiah, God's chosen one. 
and they thought that this was disgraceful for a teacher to claim such honor for himself. And so they demanded that Jesus act with humility. Even though Jesus was already determined to demonstrate the deepest humility. Because he rode into Jerusalem to suffer and to die. To suffer and to die in order to bring peace. Jesus' immediate response to the Pharisees here just demonstrated how the truth of who he is necessitated that the people praise him. But I want you to look at Jesus' heartfelt response that comes next. Luke writes that as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. Earlier in this very same gospel, in Luke chapter 13, Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. He wept over their rejection of his message, his message of grace and forgiveness, this message that he was the Christ. He wept for them and he weeps for their rejection here. He said, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. They could have known him. They could have known this humble king. And they could have known the the peace that he brought to them. But it was hidden from their eyes. Dear friends, is peace hidden from your eyes? When you think about all those things that you're going to face again tomorrow, Maybe even later this afternoon. You think about all those challenges, the the suffering, the medical conditions that you can't overcome or or can't quite diagnose, the doctors can't figure it out, those family issues, struggles, the the challenges with parenting, financial woes, whatever it is, when when you think about those things that come and steal your joy, do they hide peace? I want you to see Jesus right here, right now. As he comes into Jerusalem lowly, riding on that donkey, yet clearly proclaiming that he is the king, clearly proclaiming that he brings peace. I want you to focus on the scandal that it is. The scandal of Jesus, the scandal of a king who came into the city not to conquer it, but to be captured. The king who who came not to sit on a throne, but to hang on a tree. To hang on the cross. The The king who came not to live off of the backs of his citizens, his people, his servants, but to serve them. And to turn his back to take the scourge that they deserved 
to bear your burden. The king who came not to live the good life, but by giving up his life to live for your good. I see Jesus. And kings, it was not unheard of for kings to ride donkeys, but they only rode a donkey once peace had been established in their lands. If there wasn't peace, then they would be riding the war horse. Jesus came to establish peace, and this was always the plan. The people who waved their palms declared, again, as we see that Jesus was a king who came not to sit on the throne, but to hang on a cross. Those people declared peace in heaven and glory in the highest. There were probably many different things that the people proclaimed on Palm Sunday. Many different things that they shouted out in praise of Jesus. And yet the gospel writers, they record a few of those phrases. And Luke, he is the only one to record this phrase. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And I think I know why. Because Luke is the same gospel writer who on the night when Jesus was born recorded what the angels in the night sky said to those terrified shepherds who were out in the fields as those angels filled the sky, proclaimed God's praises, and said this, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now Luke emphasized this incredible connection that this had always been the plan, that from the very moment that he was born, Jesus worked for this day, this hour, this time, when he would come to Jerusalem to give up his life for you and me. He was born in Bethlehem in humble circumstances, but he would rise up to rule and deliver the true peace that all people need. And it's peace for you too. Among all the things that the people said on Palm Sunday, Luke also emphasized this line to quote from Psalm 118, a song that God's Old Testament people would have sung often. And so when they heard this quote, this phrase, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, there were all kinds of thoughts from Psalm 118 that would have resonated in their minds. Thoughts that can resonate in your minds too. Thoughts like this. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look on tr- in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Or this phrase. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. That's the peace that Jesus brings to you. 
The kind of peace that allows you to say those things. The kind of peace that allows you to be joyful, to, to shout in victory, that allows you to, to have fun, to enjoy what God has done for you because Jesus truly is your king. And he's their king too. Do you know someone in your life for whom peace is hidden? Do you know someone who, who struggles to find that peace in their heart? And you know that they do because they face the same challenges and the same issues, the same struggles that you face? That they go back to the, the same days and the same weeks that you do? That, that they struggle with parenting issues that they don't know, quite know how to address with their children? That, that they have medical things that they face? Those family issues? The financial concerns? Do you know people who could really use Jesus as their king? And can I ask you something? Do you make Jesus known to them? Do you tell them about the peace that Jesus brings, the peace with which he floods your heart? And when the Pharisees had asked Jesus to rebuke his disciples, uh, Jesus answered and he said to them, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Friends, have we kept quiet? Have we forced the stones to cry out and witness to Jesus as our King? I mean, what kind of a scandal would that be? Knowing all that Jesus has done for us and if we don't proclaim his name, if we don't share that message of peace with others, if we don't say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, that would be a true scandal. But I don't want to heap guilt on you. I don't wanna, want you to, to speak to your friends and your neighbors who, who need to know that Jesus is their king because you feel a, a burden or a compulsion to. But I want to highlight for you the peace that you have in Jesus. Because in Jesus as your king, you have peace with God. Do you know how special that is? Do you know how elusive that is to have peace with God? Enjoy it. Have fun with it. And be joyful as you live in that peace. Be joyful as you share that peace with others, as you tell them about their king who came for them, their king who came to take all their burdens to the cross. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Grasp that joy that you have in Jesus, his willingness to come into Jerusalem as your king. And Jesus wants others to see that too. And he invites you to be a part of that. And that's why it all matters. 
That's, that's why the buildings we construct matter. That, that's why it matters, all those thousands of Easter eggs that we put out in a field and they get picked up in two minutes. That's why it matters the numbers of people that we're able to bring into our space so that we can connect to them and build relationships and share the peace of Jesus, this good news that God has given to us. That's why it matters in your own life when, when you have the courage to strike up a conversation and just share how much you love that you can trust in Jesus as your king and the peace that it gives to you. Because you are a far greater, far more effective witness than stones. Because you are one who has been redeemed by your king. You are one who has been set free. You are one who has peace. And so today I want you to feel the peace that Jesus brings to you. And even if you don't feel it in your heart right now, I want you to know that it is true. Because Jesus came into Jerusalem as a king, that humble king who would die for us. And as we celebrate those blessings, as we worship and proclaim him, as we recognize the peace that he has, because Jesus has taken away all of our sins, and in their place he has given us that peace with God, what do you say that we have some fun? Amen.